Welcome back to Gal on the Go Unplugged. My guest is Kelly Barrientes, founder and Mama Wolf of Wolfpack Racing. Wolfpack started in November 2014 as a group of beginner racers for fun in Austin, Texas. Today, their pack is stacked with professional athletes from all over the world who kick ass in races and give back through community projects and workshops across the U.S. My kind of gals. Since they formed, their squad has won national championships, landed on many podiums, and crashed a few times. But they always get back up, ready for more. Much respect. Wolfpack mindfully focus not just on what they can get, but also on what they can give. They continuously strive to make positive impacts, hosting maintenance classes, skills and drill clinics, mentoring at races, creating a badge for Girl Scouts, and more. Welcome to the show, Kelly. I am super stoked to have you on. Thank you so much for uh, having me on and just listening to your intro. I was like, dang, I sound pretty cool. (laughs) You are cool. (laughs) Not used to that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that listeners are really going to enjoy this one. So let's get right into it. Um, So who or what inspired you to start a woman's cycling race team? You know, that's a great question. So I I had just relocated to Austin from Dallas, the Dallas area, and I was on a team that was based in that area. Uh, It was a women's elite team. I was a Cat 3 racer at the time. And uh, we just, we were going to be merging with a men's master's program. And, you know, we were going to get a lot. We were going to be getting free kits, you know, bonuses based on results and things like that. But I just... I really wanted a strong women's group to race with. And I didn't feel like I fit in with any of the teams down here in Austin because I've never been a cool kid. I've always just, you know, kind Ah. of gone by the beat of my own drum. And um, so I just gradually, you know, brought on people that I wanted to hang out with that I thought were cool and fun. And so that's how the team started. I just wanted one that was very low drama. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. My kind of team. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, we've had our bumps. We've had our bumps, but um, it's it's been such an amazing journey. Very cool. Well, okay. So you started the team, and then how did you, or where did you come up with the name Wolfpack? Uh, so we were originally called Athlete Architecture Racing. Um, that ah. was my coach at the time. He was uh, Chris Torgino. He ran Athlete Architecture. And when I decided, it was super last minute when I decided to start my own team because, you know, it was November of 2014. And normally at that point, teams are established and they have their sponsors and their jerseys and everything's ready to go for going into the next season. And um, it was just this day. It was like 10 o'clock at night on, I think it was a random Tuesday. And I just called my coach and I was like, hey, so I think I'm going to do my own thing. I just, can I wear your kit? And he's like, yeah, sure. You can wear my kit. So he's like, I can't give you anything. And I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) So I just gradually kind of, you know, created this little group around me. And um, we 
that first year, um, we were riding with this men's team and they had these little logos on the back of their, their, uh, bib, their, the back of their bibs. Um, and it was like these geometric animal shapes. And I was like, what is that? And they said, Oh, that's our spirit animal. And so I was like, what is a spirit animal? I need to know more. And so, Uh. so I actually took three Facebook quizzes to find out what my spirit animal was. And (laughs) Two out of three said wolf. The third said orangutan. And I decided that a wolf made a better tattoo. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I got a tattoo of a wolf on my shoulder. And we just started calling ourselves the wolf pack. And I called them my, you know, I was mama wolf. And they were my little wolf pups or whatever. And then when um, Athlete Architecture, he moved to Australia. And I was left without a title sponsor. And I, I didn't know what to do. And one of my writers said, you know, why don't you just call us Wolfpack? And I was like, that's brilliant. So that's where the Wolfpack came, name came from. And, you know, it's been really neat because with cycling, you've got all these teams that change names and have different sponsors. But to to maintain that continuity with the Wolf, like it will always be a part of this program, regardless of what, what our title sponsor is, will always be the Wolfpack. I love that. That's actually like one of my favorite things is finding out the meaning behind names, like, Mm -hmm. because they're um, typically such uh, fascinating things. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and it's like, it's so interesting to, to get to know other teams and how they, they began. And um, yeah, it's fascinating stories. If you ever ask uh, a writer about their team, they can go on forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so your wolf pack, um, it, you know, you you call them also your squad. How do you go about recruiting your squad members? So I actually don't actively recruit. Um, I have always been kind of the type of person who felt like if people wanted to be part of this, then they would approach me. Uh, I did. I, I have approached a couple of people, and I recruited uh, specifically. One of my, the very first year that I did this, I recruited a girl uh, named Leanne Ganser. And she, uh, I had a rider that had competed against her at a road, local road race. And she was a beginner. She was just a cat four. And she did this road race and she absolutely annihilated the field. And uh, so I was like, the, one of my riders was like, you need to, to find out more about her because she's going to get picked up. And so I reached out to Leanne and I was like, hey, you know, I'd love for you to come uh, join the Wolf Pack. And she said, you know, she's kind of like me where she was a little skittish about, um, you know, having a women's team because she had raised, she had been a runner in college. And so that, that environment can typically be very toxic when you have a lot of women, especially competitive athletes um, in one environment. It can not be super fun. Um, but I convinced her and she, she was probably the best and the only recruit I had. Uh, she ended up winning pro national championships the first time that we raced, uh, competitively on the national circuit. So yeah, she, I, I saw a lot of talent in her and helped develop her into where she actually went and raced overseas and she was racing in Europe for a few years. Well, you obviously have excellent instinct. <laughs> I have a good gut. Yeah, good gut feeling. And so when people approach me and um, I'm a sucker for someone with a good accent. So I have a lot of foreign <laughs> writers on my team this year. It's like I have one from New Zealand. Um, I have one from Tasmania, Australia. 
one from Austria and two from the UK and one from Mexico because it's like, I talked to him and I'm just like, I just love your accent. Uh, (laughs) Well, I love that you mentioned something that, you know, I think a lot of women feel, but don't talk about, you know, I, I completely can relate to what you said as far as like, you know, there's an intimidation when you're like, um, immersed in all female athletics, uh, in any sports, And it's such a shame. And, you know, um, I love that there's more awareness about it and that stuff is starting to dissipate and people are realizing like we should be lifting each other up, you know, um, and helping each other achieve our individual goals instead of like, you know, being like catty or vicious about it. Um, So I really applaud you for that. And um, I think that's awesome. Thank you. You know, I've never, I've never been a very good athlete. Um, I did well racing and the novice level uh, locally, but I've never been like a talented athlete. I came, I was a spin instructor when I started this team and when I started riding and um, that's how I got into sport. I was 30 years old and I had been teaching spin classes and one of my uh, instructors, she came to my class and she's like, okay, Kelly, you need to quit being a poser and you need to get on the road. And I was like, oh, fine. So I went riding with her one day and um, it was funny because I borrowed her husband's bike and I thought, you know, I was just totally, I had no idea what I was doing, went out and she's like, okay, turn on the road here. And I was like, what? We ride on the road? <laughs> And sure enough, like we rode on the road and I did a 19 mile ride, I remember. And the oh, very, yeah. I fell in love with it. And the very next day I bought my first road bike and I was like, this is fun. And I wanted to race. I wanted to see what I could do because I love team sports. I'm such a fan. And um, I also like to push myself and have goals. I'm constantly striving for for something. And so I was like, I'm going to do a triathlon because apparently that was the only way I could compete. But as I was training for this triathlon, I was like, I really hate swimming, like hate swimming. I can flail, but I can't really swim very well. (laughs) I hear you. Oh my gosh. And running is just so hard for me. I just can't do it. And so I was like, well, I'm screwed. I have no options. Um, But then I went on a group ride and there was this girl that was riding and she was in a, you know, she looked legit. She was wearing like the the jersey that had all the logos on it. I was like, oh man, she's legit. And uh, she, she saw something in me and she is the one who actually invited me to be a part of her team. And Monica has slept. I will never forget that encouragement that I got from her. And she was the one that, that really helped introduced me to this whole world of bike racing. Oh, that's very cool. I love that, that, yeah. uh, you know, she inspired you and you're like basically paying it forward with Wolfpack now. And Oh, a hundred percent. So, okay. So how many races about does your team participate in every year? So I would say we're probably about 30. Um, we are competing in the, uh, national, it's, it's a new series. It's called the American Criterium Cup. It's a series of about 10 races, but a lot of these weekend races will have several other races like around that one race that's part of the series. So for example, 
um, you know, we're going to be going to Tulsa Tough in um, two weeks. And one of those races is part of the American Criterium Cup race, but there are three races that weekend. So we do all of those races. Um, and we are also going out to what's called Tour of America's Dairyland. And it's a 10-day race series that you race every single day for 10 days. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, it adds up. So act, I would say actually 30 is probably a very low estimate. <laughs> um, but so this year is, has been, it's wild. We're just hitting the ground running and it's going to be a lot of fun. Now you referenced earlier, um, you know, cat three, cat four. Can you please explain to people yeah. what that means for those who don't know? Yeah. So when you just enter into bike racing, you get, uh, you have to get a license to be able to race and you get that through USA cycling. And, um, with that license, you're, you're given a category. So it's basically your, your level and you start with five, you start with category five. That means you are a beginner, you're a novice. And then as you start getting in races, you can upgrade to a category four and, uh, so after you upgrade to a category four, you're still part of like the novice series. You're still learning. Um, and then once you get what you have to get points in order to earn your upgrade to a cat three. Um, so like once you bridge that gap into a cat three, you become more of an amateur um, racer as, as opposed to a novice. You have a lot of more opportunities. A lot of times the cat three women will race with the professional field, um, which I think is not really fair, but that's a, that's a long story. I could go on forever about that. But, <laughs> um, and so once you hit category two and one, that's when you're really, you're competing at the pro level. Um, and so I, I upgraded to a cat two and then I retired. So, okay. So, um, with the cats and like, uh, I'm, you know, guessing, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, the women on your team, right? They're different cats, I'm sure, right? Yeah. So primarily they're category one. I have a couple of pros that um, have a pro card and uh, I think I might have a like a handful of category two racers um, that are like getting to that that next level. Once you're a cat two, I mean, you're, you're able to compete with the, the pros and the cat ones. So a lot of times people don't even worry about, you know, getting that cat one upgrade because it doesn't really matter. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, well, okay. So then what is the most challenging race that you or your team has participated in so far? And why was it the most challenging? Oh, so I would have to say that Tulsa Tough is consistently the most challenging weekend. Uh, the heat in Oklahoma is is a, a factor for sure. Uh, the races are in the middle of the day, so you know oh, we're wow. having. Oh yeah, we're having to. You know the riders are having ice socks to to keep them cool. Which an ice sock is pantyhose. You take a, a knee high pantyhose and you put ice in the pantyhose, and then you you tie it up, and then you put it on your back. And it slowly melts throughout the race to kind of help keep you cool. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And also, uh, ladies have that nice little niche in the front where your sports bra <laughs> is. So we put a little bit of ice there to kind of help keep our, our keep cool. But Tulsa is such an incredible experience because there are so many people who come and participate in this race and watch this race. It's not just for the pros. It's, uh, you know, an event that caters to every level of rider. So it's a lot like armed forces where you have the corporate challenge and, um, 
there's those pro races, but with Tulsa, they have a Grand Fondo on that weekend. And uh, so it brings in riders at all different levels. And then they stay behind and they watch the races. And you have amateur races, you have races for kids. And then at you know the premier highlight races are at the end of the day. And that's when the, the pro men and the pro women race. Um, the course that makes Tulsa so difficult is the third day. It's called Crybaby Hill. And what you do is you go through, so a criterium race is a shorter race. It's um, a, on a shorter circuit. So it's usually less than a mile and we just go around and we do laps. Um, so it's really nice for the community to come out and watch because, you know, like with the Tour de France, you see them for a second. Like if you're on the road, you see them go by and that's super cool. But with criterium races, you can see them go by multiple times in, in the hour or the 90 minutes that they're racing. And the rush that you feel when the, the Peloton passes and you can feel that wind and just it's just unlike anything you've ever experienced. But um, with Tulsa in particular, that final day is just a party. There's um, this hill called Crybaby Hill. And people, if you've ever seen the tour or pictures from those events where people are dressed up in crazy things and they're like, you know, running up beside the cyclists that as they're racing, that's what happens in Tulsa. So oh. <laughs> it's like a, such an insane event. So you go through the start finish and you, you make this right-hand turn and you start climbing and you're like, okay, that's not so bad. And then you turn again and you're like, oh my God, I'm still climbing. <laughs> and you just keep climbing and you're just like dying. Your legs are exploding. And then it kind of levels off a little bit. And in that area where you're climbing is where all of those fans are. And they're cheering you on. And it's just the intensity and just the, the environment is unlike anything else. So you, you climb and then you turn and you, you have a little bit of a break. And then you climb again, and then you have this bomber descent with a with an off camber right hand turn, uh, which there have been several crashes in that area. Which there's a whole crew set up of people just waiting for that to happen. Oh gosh, because <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's so neat to see the the cyclists bomb down this descent and you know take that nice right hand turn, and then from there you're going into the start finish and you do it all over again. And you do it for like the women do it for an hour. The men do it for usually 75 minutes and it's in the middle of the day and it is just miserable, but it's such an experience. It's unlike any other race that I've ever done. That sounds amazing. And I would love to add that now to my bucket list of being a cheerleader for that, because oh, yeah. I would, uh, that's just so cool. I would not want to be one of the people in this Me situation. <laughs> I've done it. Well, I've done that. And uh, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm happy to be on the side. But, um, you know, it sounds really like cool. one round is like pretty amazing and props to the cyclist doing it. But to do that for 60 minutes is just incredible. It's brutal. It's so brutal. What's cool about uh, that race is you can actually watch it. It's live streamed. So fans can watch it from their home and kind of experience it. Um, and, and, you know, you get the commentary, so you get to hear like different team tactics. You get to learn a little bit about the, the athletes, which is really cool. It's just, it's cycling is such a unique and exciting sport. And I just, I just want to raise awareness for it because I didn't know it existed until I was in my thirties and it's just, it's insane. It's almost like arena football. <laughs> 
Well, I am so thankful for you, you know, educating me on all this because I, I will definitely look it up and try to watch it streaming. And then with the hopes of one day going in person and, you know, so, yeah, uh, and I bet you a lot of people are going to actually feel that way. Cause it just sounds amazing. It really is. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, so what is your or your team's um, dream race to compete in? You know, that's such a, I love that you're asking this question because it's, it's a, a secret that I haven't told anybody <laughs> that I, yeah. So breaking news. <laughs> uh, so, you know, with Criterion Racing, it's not just an American sport and it's something that is international. There, it's not, it's not big as big in other countries, but it is big in the UK and they have this series called the Tour Series. And it is a four week series of like two races a week where you, you tour the UK and you race all around that area. And it's, you know, it's televised and the fans are insane. And it's just like such a cool experience. So one of my athletes actually went over to, um, to UK for a couple of weeks, um, just a, a, like last month. And she got to know some of the people out at uh, this bike shop called Performance Cycles. And she told them about Wolfpack and about the community outreach and the women's clinics that we do. And they were like, you need to come here, like come here next year. We'll start planning now and uh, we'll, we'll get Wolfpack to come out and race for us, you know, with us and we'll, we'll set you up. We will, you know, have vehicles and mechanics. We just want you to come and experience this. And so I, yeah, you know, and it's so funny because I've never been outside of the States. I don't even have a passport. So Ah! This year has been about like empowering women, but also empowering myself and, you know, doing things that, that make me get outside of my comfort zone. Love it. That's why you're perfect gal on the go, you know, uh, (laughs) role model. I'm telling you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, uh, I, I, that's just really cool. And I, I, I hope you have a blast and the team has a blast and it's nice that you're going to be supported through that. Yeah. Um, because they want you that badly that they're, you know, going to help, uh, make it happen. So. Yeah. And it was well, super exciting to take the, the clinics and things over there too. So I, I, it, it's the options and possibilities are endless. Well, I have to follow up with you after that one because I can't wait to hear like about and, you know, leading into that question that I I wanted to ask about, like your most memorable race experience. I'm sure that's probably going to be coming, but (laughs) until you do that, um, what has been one of your most memorable like race moments or race experiences? So when I was, it was my very first year actually of the team. Um, I rolled up to state uh, criterium championships, um, which was a big deal here in Texas. And it was for the age-based race. And uh, the year before, I think it was, no, it was two years before I had won my age group, which was really cool for me because I don't win very often. Um but I was rolling up and I, I was feeling really, really good. I was like, I, I can do this. I'm going to, you know, I'll make the podium today. I rolled up to the start finish and my rear flat, like I had a rear flat. And oh. I was like, oh my God. And so, my, you know, my heart is like going crazy and I'm just, you know, really freaking out. My husband 
is actually a mechanic and uh, he's the the team mechanic. And he, so he swapped wheels and got me set up and I got on the start line with like a minute to spare. Um, I did the race and, oh, I'd also forgotten socks. Like that's just the story of my life. <laughs> like, like I was a bit of a disaster. I'd forgotten socks. So I had to borrow socks from somebody. And um, anyway, I ended up winning my age group that day. And, you know, it was, it was a really, it was a big deal for me. And um, that's awesome. That. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You know, despite all that, you know, the no socks and the challenges with the tight, you know, I, I love, a, love a story like that where like you, you know, triumphed and succeeded in something that like you really were, you know, passionate about. You know, that's, that actually made me think of another story. If I can share this, um, my very yeah. first race experience, very first ever um, I had just joined this team and we, they convinced me that a team time trial, that doing a time trial was a good idea. That's never a good idea. A time trial is never a good idea in my opinion. Um, but so, you know, I was going to go do this, this state championship time trial was going to be my very first race. I show up, <laughs> I show up to the race and it's out in the middle of nowhere. We'd stayed the night in San Antonio the night before, and we drove out to Florence, which is like a 45 minute drive away from where we were staying. And we get there and I'm, I'm getting ready. And I realize I don't have my Jersey. I mean, that's oh. like, it, yeah, no, I'm telling you, like when I say that I forget things and it's, I'm a bit of a disaster. That's literally like, I swear to God. You mean it. <laughs> Jersey's it. kind of important. Socks, not as much, but not a Jersey's kind of important. Yeah. I've forgotten my bike in the past too, but yeah. So I'm asking people, I'm going around and I'm like, does anybody have an extra Jersey? And these guys that have race before us, they're master men. They're coming in and they're like frothing, like, you know, like just foam and sweat and salt all over their bodies. And I'm just like, can I borrow your Jersey? And they're like, sorry, we're in skin suits. And I had no idea at the time what a skin suit was, but a skin suit is basically a onesie. Like it's, it's just all one. And so I was just going around asking so many people. And then I, I found this guy and I was like, Hey, do you happen to have a, a Jersey I can borrow? Cause my race is about to start in like 20 minutes. And he turns around and he's like, yeah. And he goes, he calls his son over who's 10. And Uh-oh. he's like, you can borrow my son's Jersey. And I was like, uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing, this Jersey, I put it on. And as I zip it up, I hear this rip. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, luckily the guy was actually uh, moderately, he was partially deaf so he didn't hear um, but oh. I, I know I zipped up that little jersey and it was like so short you could see my bib straps and I when I was bent over to it just but by golly I had a freaking jersey it was a Jack and Adams junior kids jersey but I raced and so hey, it's all good yeah it's just a precedence for you know all of my racing career <laughs> don't forget your jersey I <laughs> The lesson, everybody, is don't forget your jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so my husband, like, he does this checklist with me and it drives me crazy, but he's like, helmet, shoes, glasses, kit, top and bottom. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, Do you have a bike? I'm like, Yes. And half the time I actually have forgotten something. And so I have to go like get my shoes. They're like, I'm not saying anything, but I'm gonna run and go grab the shoes yeah, right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Oh, I just love your honesty. Like it's, <laughs> you know, I'm just bumbling my way through this. And, you know, that I think that's part of what people can relate to a lot is that, you know, I never raced professionally. I was never super great at it. I just love it. And it, the sport is accessible to anybody, even me. <laughs> But you know what? That, that's what's so cool. That's why I think you're such an amazing person because you are true to yourself, you know, and y- you are encouraging to like, you don't have to be the like perfectly packaged, like by a brand racer, you know, yeah. to pursue something that's your passion. You're so passionate about it. You go with the flow. Like you don't even care because you're focused on like your passion for cycling. And that's just amazing. So thank you. I'm so glad that you can see that because it's like, it's, it's hard because I'm not, you know, like a lot of times I have that imposter syndrome where I'm like, I really, do I really belong here? Should I really be doing these clinics and running this team and telling these women how to race? Like I'm just a spin instructor and I never raced at that level, but that's, what's so cool about this sport is that anybody can do this and anybody can be a part of it. And the only limit is you. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's why you were meant to be in this role, you know, because you people aren't trying things because they're intimidated by something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what a perfect person for you to represent, you know, the options that anything is possible, you know? So I I just, I think that's incredible. Thank you. Well, okay. So you teach an awesome women's skills and drills class that I have not had the honor of taking yet, but I am taking soon and I am super excited about it. Um, can you please share like a couple of tips or things that you go over during the skills clinics class? Yeah. So it's, it's been so much fun. Um, this is literally like what I was my mission in life is is to get more women in the sport and just kind of empower more women um, and just teach them that they they can do it too. Like it, it doesn't have to be intimidating. And with the pandemic, you know, there were a lot of people who got into riding later in life. And because it's not just for kids, they're, they're realizing that you can do this too as an adult. And um, seeing so many women on their bikes was just inspiring to me. And I was like, you know what? When I started, I had to figure this all out on my own. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like we, people need help. They need to learn how to do it because you don't know that you don't know something until you're like presented with that situation. So when I come into these clinics, I come in very, very open, um, very open-minded because other people, you know, they might need to work on something different. And so on the fly, I kind of switch things up. I'm just super flexible. Um, my clinics are based on on the women who come. I want to provide what they need, and um, you know, I will if if there are enough women. I usually split them up into groups based on experience level, so that you know you're not trying to teach to somebody who just bought their road bike last week, and then teach to somebody who's been a triathlete for seven years and wants to get into crit racing. So. I, I like to break them up so that I'm not talking down to one and, you know, talking over someone else's head. I want everybody to understand. 
we work on just skills like bike handling, simple things like how to take corners safely because you don't think about it until you're in that situation. And now I'm at the point where I take corners without even thinking. But I remember that used to not be the case. Um, also, just explaining the gears because um, that can be just overwhelming. Uh, to me personally, it's overwhelming. Um, I, I will work on, um, you know, bike handling. We do like bumping, like riding in groups and being close to people and not reacting when somebody bumps up against you uh, because that's what can cause a crash. And so it's kind of, you know, I'm really working on helping women ride safely and ride confidently. Um, and one of the things that I have really, really focused on this year, well, two things. Um, one of them is concussion prevention and awareness, but the other one is uh, changing your own flat. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I have been on the side of the road crying, calling my husband because I was like, I've got a flat. I cannot get the tire back on. I am freaking out. You know, you're you're on the side of the road. There's cars flying by and you're just like, I mean, this happened to me as, as recently as like six months ago. I'm not even kidding. Where I oh. called my husband and I was like, I'm stuck. You're going to have to get me. And he's like, no, you can do this. <laughs> So um, that was one of the things that I really wanted to teach women is how to change their own flat. And this uh, company that sponsors us, uh, PrestaCycle, actually has these tire levers that make changing a flat so much easier, so much easier. Because the hardest part is getting that tire, getting that bead back over the rim. And, you know, that like, it's so hard to do it, but they have this really cool tool that makes it totally doable. And so I, I feel confident changing my own flat. And I know that if I can feel confident, I can help anyone else feel confident. So, you know, it's just things like that are, are what I focus on. It's just helping give women the tools and the skills and the knowledge that they need to, to be confident just rolling outside of their front door and going on a 30-minute ride. I love what you focus on because you just gave me like... Uh, you know, I hate to say the cliche, but like an aha moment, because when we're little, right, you're learning how to ride a bike just to learn how to ride. Like all your parent or whoever taught you is showing you is to like, try to stay upright pedaling when your training wheels are taken off. And you know, that's really like all you're focused on for the bulk of your life. When you're riding a bike, you're not really taught as a child, you know, like the handling of corners, the, the, you know, um, how to tackle if you come across gravel or conditions. So, um, it's, it's just a really cool thing that you have a skills class that tackles those things that we take for granted because yeah, we've ridden for years and years, but we haven't ridden to the best of our ability, let's say, or, the safest. Exactly. Yeah. And just feeling more confident when you're on the bike, is going to get more people on bikes. And that is what's going to grow the, the sport of cycling. That's uh, I totally agree. And maybe they'll try things like wanting to join a team because of that confidence that you're giving in through those classes. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's, that's another thing. That's another benefit. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because the first clinic that I did um, on the road was at uh, Sunny King Crit, and there were two women that came. 
and we had a blast. Um, one of the women was, she was well-established in the community. She's been writing forever. She was just wanting to support what we were doing, which I thought was beautiful. And there was another woman who came who, she was new to the area. She's a stay-at-home mom. Um, her husband was in the military, and so he was gone a lot. And she was able to be embraced by Tammy, the one who'd been there um, in that community for so long. She she made a friend and she created a network and she was able to find people to ride with and people to help her. And that was so incredible. Like just being able to make those connections for people and build this women's community is huge. That's powerful. Yeah. Now, okay, so you touched upon one of your sponsors. Um, how vital are company sponsors to your team? And what impact do sponsors have on your team's success or your team in general? Oh, my goodness. Sponsors are everything. Like, we couldn't be racing at this level if we didn't have people supporting us. There's sh- shocking, I'm sure, but the, there's not a lot of money in women's cycling. Um, I know, mind blown. Um, A a lot of my women have to, you know, they work full-time jobs or they're in college and, you know, they're, they're trying to make this whole racing thing happen. And, you know, we work on a very, very tight budget. Um, And so sponsors like Cask and Koo, you know, they provide us our helmets and our glasses. And then we have Morvello is our kit company. They provide us with all of our jerseys and our bibs. And, um, you know, having 90% of it is how you look, because if you look good, you're going to feel good. And if you feel good, you're going to race a little bit harder. And so having these brands support us and, um, you know, fund us like pro bike kit is, uh, our, our presented by sponsor this year. And they have been remarkable with like making connections with other brands. It's an online bicycle retailer who, they, they service people who are just brand new into racing all the way up to professional level athletes that want the highest end gear. Uh, and they, they have, you know, believed in what we're doing and they've, you know, provided us a lot of just product. And um, also they helped me. They were a huge motivator for getting me to do these clinics. And um, because you just need one person to believe in you. And to believe that you can do it. And they did. did. And so that, you know, the sponsorships, I don't look at them as just people giving us money. I look at this as a partnership. Like we have to work together to build this brand and to build this, this cycling community. And if we truly work together, then they're going to see a benefit from working with us. And that's what really matters. Like I worked at a bike shop um, when I first got into cycling, because it's an expensive sport. And like, I was, I was a single mother and, um, I had been a stay at home mom for 10 years and I ended up, well, I'd been married for 10 years before I'd been stay at home mom for about six or seven and, um, ended up getting a divorce. And so the, the job I got was at a bike shop because I wanted to keep riding my bike, but I couldn't afford to do it. So uh, you work at a bike shop, you get the discounts and genius. Um, I know, I know. And so I hated it when the racers would come in. I hated it because they would come in and they'd be like, so I just did this amateur race, uh, you know, Tuesday night and I got third. So I, you know, could I get a discount? And I'm like, no, <laughs> oh my God. like you're not doing anything for us. Like I'm not giving you a discount. 
So <laughs> when I started the team, I was, like you said in the intro, it was more about what we could give than what we could get. I wanted people to want to work with Wolfpack. I wanted my athletes to be appreciative of everything they get because we could not do this without the support of our sponsors. It's just, it's not possible. And so we have been so incredibly lucky to have like people like Wahoo who give us our, our computers. We have Shimano who gave us our wheels and our group sets. And it's just been the way that we keep this ship moving. Well, I say listen up other sponsors because between the positivity that you're spreading, you know, and the gratitude you have that, you know, you realize the importance of the sponsors and all the components that go with it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, any sponsors that are just sitting around right now looking for someone that they should pair up with that's good, they should come to you and be part of Wolfpack. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are also a 501c3. We're a nonprofit organization because of all the community outreach we do. So, you know, if people want to donate to a cause, um, they they are more. I will I will take their money and give them a receipt. It's tax exempt. <laughs> um, I won't say no, but yeah, like that's, that's how we, we make this happen. And that's how we can reach so many women is through our sponsors. Okay. To that point though, then what is like the long-term goal you have for the team? You know, you never had expected this to happen. It kind of all came about organically. Did you even think of, you know, the long-term, um, no. <laughs> Wait, that's what's so crazy. It's like you say it happened organically. Like I just have sat back and watched this thing blossom and grow. And it's like, you know, I just keep watering it a little and giving it a little love and it's just growing on its own and I'm letting it happen. Um, but what I really want to do is I really want to have the best athletes and provide the best opportunity for my racers because they are some incredible human beings and I've been extremely lucky to have some just the coolest women on my team this year. Like this is the first year that I've really traveled with the girls and um, I'm having an absolute blast. Like it's, this is what I want to do in my life. So my goal is for this to be my job. I want to quit my job in construction and I would love to work full time doing Wolfpack and, you know, traveling around the country and doing these clinics um, in conjunction with the races that we do. Uh, That's kind of what I felt very strongly about this year was uh, we needed to also give back to our promoters because without them, without these events, what would we be doing? We wouldn't have a sport. So That's a great point. Yeah. These teams, these athletes need to quit asking these promoters for things and like, you know, free race registration, hotels, and not be giving something back in return. Because these communities are what come together and create this environment that's safe and welcoming for these racers. And we need to help build it as well, build this sport as well. So my goal is to continue to do these clinics, um, you know, as like kind of a, a couple of days before the race weekend, I'll have my athletes come and help. I'm kind of the bridge between amateur riders to the pro riders because, you know, again, I've never been there. I've never raced at that level, but I sure do love it. 
And, um, you know, I just showed that, that you can be strong. You can look pro. I call myself the, uh, number one pro tender because I look pro, but I sure as hell am not. (laughs) That (laughs) is the best. (laughs) Yeah. When I write a book, it'll be called the pretender. (laughs) I I will buy a copy of that book. (laughs) So, you know, that's what I want. I want to travel. I want to do these clinics. I want to reach as many women and as many kids as I possibly can and just see this sport flourish. And I know that it's, you know, with me, I, that's a big goal. I'm, I'm really not anybody. I'm nobody special, but it, somebody has to do it. Somebody has to make that step. And so I just decided I would be the one. Well, you know what? I, I hope all your dreams come true. And, uh, and, you know, as um, a group of friends and I say that, you know, we, we were at a retreat and we were all talking and this phrase came up and now I wish this for you. We say, you know, whatever you want, manifest that shit. Yes. That's, <laughs> that is what I'm doing. I'm just walking very confidently in this direction. There've been so many roadblocks, but I just keep going. Well, and I think it's also, you know, you are such a mindful person because you also recognize that, you know, you can't just take and take from, um, you know, the vendors and all the companies that are trying to do these things. And I don't think people really think of that aspect, that if you're always kind of draining from them, they won't be able to exist because their businesses too, mm-hmm. you know, in order to supply the things that you need so everyone can keep doing what they want to do. So and I think that's that, an excellent point. I think it's a fresh perspective uh, because a lot of the people who do run teams are former professional athletes. So they are, they have been brought up to think that, you know, oh, I'm, I'm an athlete. I deserve these things. Um, And me, I'm like, I'm not an athlete. I need to earn these things. And so I'm, you know, I'm trying to transfer that, that mindset to my girls and uh, my athletes. I shouldn't call them girls, my, my women. Um, And hopefully change the mindset and set an example to other teams that this is what creates sustainable racing. This is what creates a sustainable team. Well, that's very badass. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Now, okay. Not that you have spare time because of all (laughs) the things that you're doing, uh, you know, but um, what do you like to do when you're not cycling um, or working your day job? Uh, And it could be cycling. Maybe you like to cycle when you're, (laughs) you know, I really love naps. (laughs) Like I am so looking forward to taking a nap today. Um, I, I have been on the struggle bus hustle bus for the last several months. And so my life is, you know, I work in construction during the day. Um, I work from six to three and, you know, six in the morning and three in the afternoon. And then I get home, I take, you know, my, my oldest son to work and then I work on team stuff until, like 11 o'clock at night. And so when I have these rare days where I don't have an event and I don't have, you know, a whole lot of things that I need to work on, I nap and I nap like for three to four hours. It's like solid. It's, I'm very stoked about that. (laughs) See, no shame, pause and reset, recharge. You know, do what you got to (laughs) do. I love it. Well, uh, I just am so grateful that you took time out, you know, of your day to share and 
um, your experience with everyone. Uh, to learn more about Wolfpack Racing, I encourage you to visit their website at www.atxwolfpack.org. Check out their race schedule, learn more about the pack members, and you can also follow them on IG at Team Wolfpack Racing. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to unplug with me today, Kelly. Thank and you. rock on. You too.